You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. This segment is made possible by an educational grant from Shire Pharmaceuticals. Welcome to Updates from the Mayo Clinic, focusing on primary care pediatrics and child mental health. Here's your host, Dr. Peter S. Jensen, a childhood and adolescent psychiatrist and professor of psychiatry at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Welcome to the Mayo Clinic series, an update on primary care child mental health. This is your host, Dr. Peter Jensen. I'm very pleased today to have a friend and colleague with me, Dr. John Huxall, who is the head of the Child and Adolescent Division of Psychiatry, Child and Adolescent Psychiatry Services, and the director of the Child Mood Disorders Clinic here at the Mayo Clinic. John, welcome. Welcome, Peter. So, John, one of the great pleasures for me being here at Mayo's over the last year is seeing how you've not only developed the Mood Disorders Clinic and put state-of-the-art evidence-based assessments and treatments into there, but how you've actually taken the activities of the Mood Clinic out into the primary care setting. And I understand it's called the Emerald Project. That's right, Peter. We set this up to follow basically in some respects in the footsteps of the Diamond uh, Depression Project that was being done with adult psychiatry here at Mayo in primary care. We use a nurse manager uh, style with this. Uh, I'm there one half day a week. I uh, staff the cases with the nurse, uh, make recommendations back to the primary care physicians. We uh, screen kids who are seen in pediatrics with various tag uh, chief complaints, if you will, that would get the kids to get a PHQ-9, a screening tool that we use for depression. And then we screen these kids with additional, if they score high enough to be entered into the program. I only end up seeing probably about 15 to 20% of these children myself. Uh, The medication is all managed by the primary care providers. And thus far, the feedback we've gotten, we just accumulated some data now that we're at almost the two-year mark of running this, and the primary care doctors are very uh, positive about it. Well, it's very exciting, and I hear that, you know, this is uh, part of the the leading edge of going on across the country as more and more primary care physicians are really stepping up to the plate and managing things like, like teen depression. I guess the question I've had from some colleagues is, well, why do primary care docs have to be involved? Why can't all the child psychiatrists do their job? What's going on anyway, John? Well, I think uh, several things. One, obviously, uh, depression in kids and teenagers is a very common problem. Uh, And like all diagnoses, it's on a bell-shaped curve of severity. Uh, And certainly some of the kids that are on the very high end of that should be best managed uh, with a mental health professional such as a child and adolescent psychiatrist. But the numbers uh, of kids who suffer uh, are quite high. Uh, the numbers that will get kicked around for what are the, what's the statistical chance that any teenager is going to have a major depressive episode before they finish high school, it's going to be somewhere at least in the range of 15% probably. That's a very large number. And then we have another numbers game that plays a role here, that specifically being that there are only six to 7,000 child psychiatrists in the whole country. And as you and I have talked, as you've uh, said to me, if looking at that, that meant if every child who needed uh, mental health care, only they saw child psychiatrists, uh, we'd be able to see each of them for one hour a year. That's pretty grim. 
Yeah, very grim. Well, you know, I remember even 10 years ago, uh, a lot of my colleagues were saying, you know, primary care has no business doing this. And I also heard the same thing from many primary care docs. But the tide sure does seem to be turning as we're facing just these these stark numbers. I think it is. Uh, certainly the primary care doctors that I work with here at Mayo in the Emerald uh, Project uh, are really, uh, I think, increasingly comfortable and I think uh, very good at uh, prescribing uh, antidepressants for pretty straightforward uh, depressed teenagers and they're really uh, becoming much more comfortable in knowing what questions do you ask to try and assess these kids uh, and I really think they feel much better overall. Well, You know one of the questions uh, John I hear and I'm sure you hear all the time from people who uh, are kind of new to really understanding, hey, this is a part of the medical primary care responsibilities and kind of urgent need for their role, is what is depression really anyway? I mean, kids do get, you know, they get a bad grade in the test, their girlfriend dumps them. Isn't this just uh, a big tempest in a teapot? Or what do we really mean when we say depression other than what happens to kids? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, everybody who gets a little confused, I think, the people that are asking that question about what are the distinctions between being sad uh, versus being clinically depressed. Uh, being human, uh, sadness comes into all of our lives. I mean, I live in Minnesota watching Minnesota Viking fans get sad every year. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think most of them are clinically depressed. Uh, clinical depression is a, is a physical uh, illness that has, is accompanied by strong physical symptoms ranging from sleep disturbance, appetite disturbance, concentration problems, uh, slowing of cognition. Uh, these kids don't have energy. They, they lose the ability to have fun at the previous level. That's not just being sad because you got dumped by your boyfriend or your girlfriend. That's, that's a real medical, clinical diagnosis. And as you know, the research continues to go on looking at what we think to be changes that occur in neurochemistry that help uh, play a role in the origins of depression. When you think then, uh, okay, so major depression, this is a clinical, severe medical problem. How is the primary care provider going to really find these cases, identify it? Is there any way we can do it efficiently or that you teach them to do it efficiently? Well, I think being, first of all, aware of what are some of the chief complaints that kids are going to end up in your office uh, that might actually be the tip of the iceberg, if you will, for a diagnosis of depression. So kids that you're seeing where they've set the appointment up because they're having problems with declining schoolwork, that they're complaining of they're tired all the time, they don't have any energy, uh, they are complaining that their relationships with other people are now becoming fraught with more difficulty, more irritability. Uh, and then some kids will just flat out say they're sad. Uh, you know, the, all of those things, at least in the primary care setting, should at least help primary care doctors think about, oh, this might be a, de this might be a depression. Um, and then, uh, as we do in Emerald, uh, a nice screening tool, um, you know, is the PHQ-9, which is a nine-item 
questionnaire that there is a modified for adolescent version that we use, and it's very simple to score. It can be, we use it very effectively in the Emerald Project, and I now know that they're using it uh, very nicely in terms of getting it to the kids who are coming in with chief complaints that might make you think about the possibility of the child having a depressive episode. You know, um, uh, tools like this really seem like uh, they're increasingly used. I mean, what happens if we don't use the tools? How likely would it be that a kid be missed with the depression in primary care? Yeah, there's an interesting question. I'm not sure exactly what the percentage would be, actually. But, I mean, I think a lot, uh, a fairly high percentage of them would would be missed. Um, and what I'm learning as we use the PHQ-9 and as I, we use it in our mood clinic, uh, it really helps as a focus of a springboard for discussion with the child, with the teenager, about uh, depression. And it makes them more comfortable with being able to talk with you about those questions if they've already had the pump primed, if you will, by answering the questions on the PHQ-9. You know, I found that, you know, that's been my experience as well. It's just like it's a great way to have a dialogue. You can ask and talk about each of the questions, and the kid gets up to speed more and more, and, and kind of everybody moves on to a common discussion uh, template framework. We're wrestling with this issue of when should the specialist treat and when should the primary care provider treat. And you, you've indicated that in the Emerald program here at Mayo, uh, the primary care docs are treating. Can you say more about when should they treat and when should uh, they call for help with the child psychiatrist? I think depression that is of moderate severity or less based on the history based on scores on instruments like the PHQ-9, I think most of those kids can be treated in primary care. Uh, they may need support of, of a bit of cognitive behavioral therapy, as a, but that can be provided by master's level people that work in the primary care clinics. We're doing some of that in Emerald right now. I think the kids that are probably not going to be easily treated in primary care are kids with significant comorbid psychiatric problems. So kids who are depressed and who have severe uh, anxiety comorbidity, who have substance abuse comorbidity, uh, certainly kids who we think their depression is a manifestation of a bipolar disorder, uh, those kids should be managed uh, by child psychiatrists, I think. We're talking today to uh, Dr. John Huxall, consultant at Mayo and the head of the Child and Adolescent uh, Psychiatry and Psychology Division and the head of our mood disorders program for youth as well. John has been doing some very innovative work also in pediatrics, bringing, if you will, the, the treatments and expert information about the diagnosis and treatment to primary care providers. What would you like to tell primary care providers that you think is most important when they're thinking about taking on this issue of uh, a diagnosis and management of youth depression? What would you want them to know? Well, I'd want them to know that they know their patients quite well, and depression is still largely going to be more easily uh, understood and therefore diagnosed when you know your patients well and you are going to be able to recognize changes in them from what you knew, knew to be their previous baseline. I think uh, 
using instruments like the PHQ-9 to aid in another piece of information for you uh, is easily done by primary care doctors. I think managing uh, straightforward selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor drugs like Prozac, like Celexa, like Lexapro can be done in a primary care doctor's uh, office setting once they get comfortable with knowing more and feeling comfortable with knowing more about potential adverse effects, et cetera. I mean, I think those are the things just off the top I would want them to, to know and realize. Well, it does seem like this is a whole new um, a whole new area that now primary care is becoming increasingly expert in. You know, I heard, I heard something recently, and I think it just kind of bears uh, perhaps a... a an important point and maybe a final comment from you. I heard that now things like depression, ADHD, and other related problems are now the bulk of the impairing conditions and the chronic care visits for primary care docs. It's no longer asthma or some of the other conditions. Is that borne out in your experience, and is that borne out in kind of in the, in the questions that are now increasingly being put to primary care docs as they're getting ready for their boards or state certifications? I think that's my impression that, uh, indeed, uh, at least what I see and what I listen to when I'm talking with uh, the primary care docs here at Mayo, as well as the ones that are involved with the American Board of Pediatrics that I work with to, to write questions for certification, um, uh, certainly, uh, the uh, I've been at that for the question writing now for the last nine years, um, and I know that the percentage of questions that are going on the developmental and behavioral pediatric exam that are going on the general pediatric exam uh, certainly has increased a bit that are related to mental health diagnoses, and I think it is a reflection of the expectation that primary care doctors uh, will do this because they can do it. Yes, and there's no one else to turn to. They can, and they're essential in, in the uh, in the final mix if we're going to help our country's children. Absolutely. We've had with us today Dr. John Huxall, consultant and head of the Division of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry and Psychology here at Mayo Clinic, the head of our uh, uh, mood disorders program, and the developer of an innovative new program reaching primary care docs. Uh, uh, out there in, and assisting them to manage depression. John, thank you very much. You're welcome, Peter. Thank you for listening to updates from the Mayo Clinic. And thank you to Shire Pharmaceuticals, whose educational grant makes this program possible. For more details on the interviews and conversations in this week's show and many others, or to download this segment, go to reachmd.com forward slash Mayo Clinic.